We predestined to be conformed into the image of the Son. You and I are going to be like Jesus. We are changing from glory to glory to glory. Each day as we walk with Jesus, as we read the Word, as we ingest the Word, as we eat the Word, as we feed on it, as we are led by the Spirit, you and I are becoming more like Jesus. And it's not dependent on the circumstances that you face this year. Because that's why I love this Romans 8 verse. It says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. What circumstance are you facing? Take hold of the Scripture. Chew on it, eat it. It's going to work out for good. And He's going to make you more like Jesus. I'm not saying it's always going to be nice and easy and rosy. Probably not. But He's got... Your life and my life in His hands. And He's a great shepherd. And He's a good shepherd. And even when we mess it up and we get it completely wrong, He's there to to bring us back. His staff will come and wake us and bring us back into line that we can walk with Him. You know, in Revelations, uh, we read that Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the earth. That's what it says in in, in, uh, Revelations chapter 13. That Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the earth. God had the answer before we had a problem. It's it's, It's a beautiful thing that God, from right from the beginning, that He would send, He had a plan to send His Son, Jesus. He would be born and He would die for your sins, for my sins. And there would be this great exchange that would take place. We, 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 would, we would exchange death for life. We would exchange our poverty for His riches. We would explain, exchange our, our miserable, uh, filthy rags, our sin for His righteousness from before the foundation of the earth that what Jesus had in mind for us. Just dwell on that. Just think on that. Before we had a problem, He had the solution. Before we had a problem, He had the solution. Now go. let's go to Jeremiah chapter 29. Another favorite verse. I mean, people can... Can quote this, you know, and it's on the it's on the newsletter. For I know the thoughts I I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Just a wonderful chapter. But I'm going to read this this morning. I'm going to read from verse four. And we need to realize there's some Jewish uh, Israelites in 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 exile. They they're in Babylon. And this is what the the Lord says in verse 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. 
do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray for the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. What a word that comes to uh, these, these people in exile. There's good news and there's bad news. The bad news in verse, I think in verse 11, it says it's going to last for 70 years. This period of exile is going to be a long time. That's not the word that they wanted to hear. They wanted to hear that they were going to be delivered. They might have been thinking back to uh, part of their history and they would have thought of Moses is going to come and rescue us. A Moses-type figure is going to come and rescue us from this thing, and it's going to happen soon. But the prophets heard from the Lord, and he says it's not going to happen soon. And so what does he say? He doesn't say, well, bury the hatchet and just wait after 70 years. He actually says, just go and do life. Build houses, plant crops, have children. Marry, marriages, it's just, Jesus, I think somewhere in the, in the gospel says, occupy till I come. That's basically what they're saying, occupy. Do, do normal life. Walk with Jesus in the, in the dark place. And we, we have to realize that we are aliens in this world. You and I are aliens. And we live in a dark world, in a world which is, which is, which is difficult and which is hard, and you, and you watch and you see the, uh, the news, and it just seems to be bad all the time. And yet, the word of the prophet is, just do what God has called you to do. Where, where you find yourself, do it today. Then I'm going to just jump a few verses and we're going to go to chapter 11. Maybe, verse, maybe oh, sorry, chapter 29, verse 10. This is what the Lord says, When the 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to you to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and future. Those standing on the edge today, the word of the Lord is, He's going to bring you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. This is intimacy with, intimacy with God that he's, going to, that he's going to bring about. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by, found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations of the world. So God's thoughts and God's plans and God's purposes for our lives are good. Barry said, said God is good. And the response is, yes, He is. All the time, He's always good. He's never not good. And He's going to be good to you and I. Remember His purpose. His purpose is that you and I become more like Jesus. Sometimes we might forget that. Because I, I, I would like to live the life of, of, of comfort. But sometimes it's, it's not like that. The New King James Version uh, 
translates the first, uh, this is what the Lord, for I know the plans, the, the New King James Version says, for I know the thoughts I have towards you. God thinks about you. Isn't that wonderful? He doesn't just think from afar and not do anything about it. He, he wants us to prosper in body, soul, and spirit in every aspect of our life. He wants you and I to be prosperous. So he has wonderful thoughts towards us. He thinks about us. The Hebrew word there could, could also be translated purpose, destiny, design. God has designs for your life. I think in Ephesians it talks about all the, all the days of our lives. Every day we walk into a, into a new day as we've slept at night. And God's been hard at work and we work and walk into a day in which God is already at work. And all we have to do is participate in that work. He's done it already. We've just got to ask the Holy Spirit to show us. What are you doing? Janet Hodges is going this week uh, to England. She's going to go and be with family and babysit. And to, and to uh, bring, bring Jesus and, bring, and Granny to, to, those, to those young children. Every day, when she goes walking, in the, walking down the, uh, the streets, look for God. Look for Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Because you can make a difference in people's lives. You and I. Because we carry Jesus. We carry Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? Jesus lives in us. So wherever we go, we, we, we make a difference. We make an impact. Let us know that. Because we bring the glory. We bring Jesus wherever we go. And so God has plans and purposes for us. And we can't mess it up in, in, in some respects. Because if you, if you do, He'll actually make, a, make another way around because He'll work it out for good. As we come to Him, we, we, and, and you and I mess up. We lose our tempers. We get angry. And if we come in repentance... And we say, Lord Jesus, I'm just sorry. That's not, who I, that's not who I am. I am a child of God. I should be responding like that. I should be responding with care and love. Forgive me. May you live through me. I mean, if you have a look at the life of Joseph, Joseph's destiny was where? Was the palace. That's where his destiny was. So he's born into this family. And he's like kind of the special one. And he gets this amazing uh, coat, this Technicolor dream coat. And then he has these dreams. And he's not very wise in, in his dreams because he just blurts them out in the morning. I had this dream and you all, the family's all bowing down to me. You know, he, did that to, he didn't learn after the first dream. He, the next time he did it again. And the family were, were behind on it. And the brothers thought, we've got to deal with this whippersnapper. He's too arrogant. And they determined to kill him. But he ends up in the pit. He gets sold. He ends up in Potiphar's house. And uh, ultimately in jail. Now, his destiny is the palace. Your destiny is to be conformed into the image of Jesus. 
Sometimes we might be in the jail. Sometimes we might be uh, in a difficult, facing difficult circumstances. If you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, m- most of the, of, the, of the New Testament is written from jail. And he's hanging positive, positive in jail. He says, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, I'd be grumbling and complaining and moaning and negativity. But Paul knows his identity, knows who he is. Getting back to Irene's word, he knows who he is. And he knows that Jesus would never leave him nor forsake him. So God has a purpose for you in 2016. And we don't just passively wait for it all to happen. You know where it says, those they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. That's not sitting at home in, in, in my lazy boy with a, a, a beer watching cricket saying, when is the Lord going to come and show up? In fact, if I'm watching the cricket, I'm very depressed. <laughs> That's the only time Jonathan's depressed. Now, I understand that, Jonathan. I can't believe how much it matters that we lose, especially to the English. <laughs> So, let's have a look at how we respond to life. If we, if we see what, what Jeremiah said to uh, the, the people in exile, he said, just work, be faithful, do the stuff. The first thing I want to just challenge us with is do the ordinary things in an extraordinary way. Just do the, just the ordinary things. Brother Lawrence uh, 1600s. He's this amazing man, a book about the presence. Uh, he, he had a, a, an amazing prayer life and, a, and, a, and the presence just, he, un, he had the, understood the presence of God and he, he was just, uh, people would come, to, come to, to see him. And he would be washing dishes. And even in the washing of the dishes, he would find the presence of God, the joy of God. So whatever your hands do, do it. Find the presence of God. He's there. Oh, help. <laughs> help, yeah. Help. Help, because He's there in the mundane. You know, Saul, if we look back at the life of Saul, you know, he was sent by his, his, his father to go and find some donkeys. Now, I don't know, maybe donkeys were very valuable in those days. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but it doesn't sound like a, a good thing to have on your CV. You know, I'm the donkey finder. And he goes and he tries to find these donkeys. He can't find them. Ah, oh, he thought, oh, the, the prophet lives just around the corner here. Samuel. Let's go and ask and inquire of him. And what happens? He gets anointed king. When Saul woke up on that day, he had no idea that he was going to be anointed a king. He had, I don't even think the thought would have actually ever crossed his mind. I don't know. You know, sometimes we dream. I don't know uh, whether you... I dream, you know, when, particularly when I was young, a young boy, I dreamt that I would be a great cricketer. You know, that I'd be batting out there and I'd be taking the bounces. And hey, that's, that's the dream. I'm sure Saul had, didn't, didn't dream, but he was just doing his ordinary day-to-day life. Being a teacher, being a, a, a parent, being a businessman. He was just going about his, his ordinary day and God showed up. God showed up. His choice to perform this ordinary task in an extraordinary way ultimately led him to his destiny. 
to be king. And so we need to steward our responsibilities in this year. Whatever God does, whatever, you, whatever you're doing, it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. So we do everything we do for, for the Lord. You might be tempted not to take this job seriously that you're in. You might uh, just be going through the motions. But the call of God on our lives is to do everything with all our heart, with all our, all our with everything. You know, what is the, the great commandment? It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, that's, that's what we've got to do. And, and, and whatever we find ourselves to do, do it with, do it with the Lord, for the Lord, and unto the Lord, because He is watching you. And so where you do this, at your place of responsibility, the place where you are, again, like Saul, I love it. The sheep's come out. Sheep's come out again. The shepherds—they're watching their flocks, and suddenly they're just doing what they do. Shepherds look after sheep. Not an inspiring job, but there was a bunch of shepherds who, while they were watching their sheep, and the glory of God just came down. The glory of God came down while you're doing the ordinary things. Sometimes the glory of God will come down and you will see wonderful things. If you think of uh, the Gospels and if you think of Peter, Andrew, James and John, they were just fishermen, just doing their daily things, catching fish, mending nets. And Jesus rocks up and calls them to be fishers of men. Where God has told you to be responsible, be responsible in that place. And He will show up. And He will show you wonderful things. So what we need to realize, we need to actually, thirdly, just have a look at, view every job as training for your destiny. Again, we go back to the the shepherd on the hills. We go back to David as a young lad looking after sheep. That was training ground. What was his training ground for? Well, a couple of things. He connected with his heavenly father. He connected, he connected with, with God. He, he worshipped. He, I'm sure he probably would have, he, he would have sung in the hills. But he also had to fight. And he had to fight bears and lions and, and beat them and kill them. He was being trained on the mountains and the backwaters where nobody saw what was happening except God. And he was faithful. So when one day when he's told to take some psalmies to his brothers on the battlefront, what happens? He sees Goliath, this uncircumcised Philistine, shouting at the armies of, of, of Israel, shouting and, and taunting. Everybody was too scared. And David couldn't understand this. Because he knew his God. He knew his God. He knew the battle was not, was not theirs, it was God's. 
And because he had beaten uh, lions and killed lions and, and bears, he, he kind of he managed to get an audience with the, with the king. That's quite a big thing. It's not easy to get an audience with the king. And he got an audience with the king and he, and he, he shared his story. And so he was given the, the task. He tried to put on Saul's armor that's just too big and weighed him down. He couldn't do a thing. But he knew that he went out in the, in, 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 the name of the, in the name of the Lord and the battle was the Lord's. So we are in training. We are in training on this earth to slay a few giants. Are there some giants in your life? God is with you as we faithful. He will come through for us. And one of the things which I always struggle with is we, it's a, this walk with Jesus is not a sprint. It's not just to the back and that, you know, I can, I can do that. I could do that twice, maybe three or four times. But after that, I'd fall down. It's a bit like hiking in the berg. You put one foot in front of the other, it's a marathon. It's one foot, we faithful, left foot, right foot, keep going, read the word, listen to the Spirit, read the word, listen to the Spirit, read the word, day in and day out. Each day you and I have to make a decision to follow Him. And it's for a lifetime. So, the final point. The final thing that we, we are required to do. Another one of my favorite scriptures is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Get there in a second. But seek first the, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Seek first the kingdom of God. When Jesus brought the kingdom down to us, He didn't bring it as another thing to do, another list to do, and our to-do list. You know, some people love to-do to-do lists, and I know it is. It's really nice when you get to tick them off, and they and you think, oh, I'm achieving something. But this is not another thing to do on your to-do list. In fact, we also like to prioritize things. And we say, we are, the priorities in our lives. Firstly, our priority is, uh, is God. Good, right at the top, good. Second, uh, <laughs> second is, our, is, is, is our spouse. Third is our family. Fourth is our, uh, I don't know, work. Fifth is our ministry. Sixth is our hobbies. Seventh is, uh, I don't know, we, you all have different lists in which you prioritize everything. The kingdom of God comes and lives in us. And our priorities change completely. Everything, everything we do needs to be impacted by the God that lives inside us, by Jesus. Everything. Everything. So, how I treat my wife, how I treat the dog, 
how I treat my employees, how I relate to the beggar on the street, how I relate to whatever, whatever it is. You fill in the blanks. Yeah, the taxi. That's a good one, Ethelie. How I relate to the taxi. We need greater faith for that one. Because the kingdom of God lives in us and it wants to flow, flow through us. He commanded us to seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. And everything else will be added to us. I think we have a sense that we're going to miss something, we're going to miss out on something. You know, if I don't give money to the church, if I don't give, if I don't, if I, if I die to self, we, can, we might miss out something. So, so we kind of hold back a little bit often. But we need to give it all because our Heavenly Father knows all our needs, knows every single need that you and I face for this year. And we need to be excited by that. If you are seeking the kingdom of heaven, if you are seeking the kingdom of God, you are not going to miss out on anything that God has for you. In fact, He is so faithful to honor His word and fulfill His promises. He's just so faithful to do that. Choose Him above all. All of these things. And everything will be added to you. And as we do that, extraordinary things will happen. Extraordinary things will happen. So one of the things, one of the ordinary things I'm calling us to this year is on Monday evening at 5.30 in this auditorium. We pray for an hour. Anne's beaming. We pray. And I'm, I've been reading, Anthony's had to do a, an assignment on a revival, and he chose the 1860 revival in South Africa, Andrew Murray. And in reading the book, it's where the two or threes are gathered. And for sometimes, for quite a long time, two or three people gathered until revival broke out. And so nothing happens without us praying. And so I'm challenging you. I know it's kind of, it takes time to come here and all that kind of thing. And we can have a million and one excuses not to be here. But I, I just, as a community, if we want to really impact our city. As we said in Jeremiah uh, 20, 29, if we're going to impact our city, if we're going to impact our neighborhood, we have to pray for our city, we have to pray for our leaders, and we have to pray for revival to break out in the hearts and, and, and lives of each of us here, that we will go out in flames. And, we, and, and when Costa comes, we're hopefully going to have a practical example of that. From the front, there's going to be flames going out. So I call you to, I call you to pray. I call you to worship. I call you to read the, read the Scriptures. Just, just faithfully, every day, just read the Scriptures. Pray, be led by the Spirit. Amen.